You're listening to audio from Calvary Gravenhurst in Muskoka, Ontario. For more resources or to connect with someone in the church, please visit calvarygravenhurst.com. This week's sermon is taught by lead pastor Benjamin Emery. Good Friday to each of you. Glad to see you all. Let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we come to you today and my desire and my hope is that each of us will get it. Uh, That each of us will get what Satan never could. That each of us will get what the Pharisees never could. That each of us will get it in a way that it, it changes us, that it saves us that we would see you and see your love on that cross in a way that we haven't before, that we really would see this Friday as a good Friday, Lord. And I can't do anything. I am just a man, and you are God, and you can do everything. And so, Lord, would you open our hearts, change our hearts, and glorify your name. Amen. Have you ever really reflected on Good Friday? I'm sure you've reflected on Easter many times. It's the granddaddy of all Christian celebrations. And I'm sure you think of Christmas often. It's the one that flops into our mind next. But Good Friday, why is it good? And what is so good about this particular Friday? My text today is, John chapter 12, verse 32. John chapter 12, verse 32. And Jesus said, As for me, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. On September 11th, 2001, 21 years ago, many of us were drawn to our television sets as a hijacked plane crashed into the North World Trade Center at 8.46 a.m. Then, not seven minutes later, another plane struck the South Building, and all around the world, people stopped. They stopped working. They stopped flying. They stopped exercising. They stopped shopping. The world stopped. Billions of eyes were drawn to those 110-story famous buildings as they burned. The buildings that had stood in the midst of the busiest city in America, the financial capital of the world, the most powerful nation in the world, maybe in all of history, And the world stopped and watched as they burned. And then at 9.59 a.m. and again at 10.28 a.m., Americans and Christians and Europeans and Australians and millions of other people all around the world cried out in utter shock as the buildings, once so mighty, collapsed. No, no, they shouted. This can't be happening. And all around the world, the enemies of 
freedom, cheered and celebrated this great blow that had been struck to this once so powerful nation. And the world also watched as the free nations galvanized and came together, caught fire with passion to meet this tremendous cause. Tens of thousands would come to New York City to help rescue the people and rebuild. Trillions would be spent over the next 20 years and 70,000 soldiers would give their lives. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands would give their limbs and their minds to this great response to the tragedy of 9-11, the day that it seemed that the entire world stopped and noticed the tall buildings and noticed the response of the free peoples. Just suppose for a minute that if believers around the world in Canada in Gravenhurst, would stop from their going, stop from their busyness, stop from their fretting, stop from their complaining, and gaze at the lifted up Christ, the Savior of the world, crucified on a cross. Imagine if they would come together and unify in a response that even mimicked the response of the world at 9-11. If they would... Stop and just gaze and focus and reflect on the crucified Christ, God on a cross. Imagine if they, Christians, we, would galvanize and catch fire with passion. The same kind of passion that we saw the world respond. Imagine, just imagine this town, this country. This world would stop and take notice. When was the last time you stopped and really reflected and really focused on the crucified Christ? When was the last time you burned with passion for your faith? When was the last time you got excited about your faith? When was the last time somebody stopped and took notice of your faith? When was the last time you caught fire because you realized that the same God who died on the cross for you is the same God who is alive and living inside of you? He paid for the sins of the world. And now he lives in you. Just imagine if we Christians would get as worked up as the world got in 9-11. I so often, unfortunately, meet so many Christians that get about as excited about their faith as somebody going to get a root canal. You get excited about hockey, you put on your shirt, you yell at the TV, you wave your flags. We get excited about going out to eat at our favorite restaurants now that things are open. We get excited about shopping. We get excited about so many things that don't really matter. Maybe it's time that we woke up and we stopped our running and stopped our fretting and looked at the high and lifted up Christ. 
Maybe it's time we woke up from our slumber, Christians, and got excited that Christ paid for our sins on the cross. There is nothing that has ever mattered so much as this, nothing that has ever changed the world so much as this, the lifted up Christ. 20 centuries and billions and billions of people's lives have been atoned for, all because Jesus was crucified. Good Friday is good because God was nailed to a cross. The crucifixion was meant for evil, but it was used for good. Good because you and I were atoned for our sin. And nothing in the world has ever drawn people to God except a God who will pay for their sins. The liberal church says, you're good the way you are. Jesus just came to teach you some good moral principles. But they don't have a gospel with a lifted up Christ. And it doesn't draw people to him. And that's why the liberal church is on life support. Because they are without a sinless Jesus who was really crucified on a cross for real sinners like you and I. And it's powerless. Scientology, which... Our Hollywood celebrities so love to tout around believes that man is essentially good and there's no need for them to be saved by God. Uh, They don't have a Christ who's high and lifted up on a cross. They only have humanity's good intentions to depend on. But Jesus said, if I am lifted up from the earth, And not good moral principles, and not human philosophy, and not a new method of psychology. But if I, not the Pope, not science, not the Prime Minister, but if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Good Friday is good because we serve a living God. The same Jesus who was lifted up on the cross is the same Jesus who rose again, is the same Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father giving intercession for us, is the same Jesus who is coming back very soon. And he's alive, and he is a person. And that same person is still drawing millions of people to himself. Black people, white people, brown people, mothers, fathers, young people, addicts, nurses, salesmen, construction workers, and even, yes, even politicians to himself. He draws, he drew this broken down old soldier 15 years ago to himself. At the end of a long life of failures and selfishness, And pride and addiction, I came face to face with the crucified Christ and my knees were broken. And then he lifted me up and saved me and gave me a new heart. And if you know me, and if you see anything good in me, and if you see anything honorable in me, if you see anything loving in me, know this. It's the crucified Christ who put it in me because I was drawn to a God who is alive and who paid for my sin 
And when I was learning how to raise my children, he came. This living Christ came and taught me how to do it. And when I was hurt and betrayed by people I love, this God, this living God, came and showed me how to forgive. And when I had no purpose greater than myself, he gave me a purpose greater than myself. And when I was in the hospital with uh, pumps hooked up down my throat uh, in despair, he came supernaturally and gave me hope. And someday when an old age comes to steal my health, he's going to come and he's going to usher me into his eternal presence because he is a living God. Good Friday is good because we've been reconciled to God through the cross. Reconciliation can only happen when the offender makes reconciliation to the offended for their offenses. And it has to be reconciliation that is acceptable to the offended party. And the only one that could make reconciliation for you and I is a perfect God, a sinless God who is willing to give himself up for us so that you and I no longer have to be enemies with God. There is peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And if you think By going to church, it will bring you peace with God, you're wrong. And if you think that a pastor will bring you peace with God, you're wrong. And if you think that doing more good things than bad will bring you peace with God, you're wrong. There is only peace through faith in the lifted up Christ. Christianity is the only religion in the world where the Savior gave himself to save his people. Buddha offers enlightenment, but no salvation. Confucius offered good moral teaching, but no atoning atoning savior. Muhammad offered rules and laws, but no reconciliation with God. And Buddha and Muhammad and Confucius Their bones all lie still in lonely graves, waiting someday for the judgment where they will stand before God. But our God dealt with the penalty of sin once and for all and then rose again. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I need to say to anyone here today that may have come to church all your life and you were a Christian when you were born and you're a Christian when you die and you think you're pretty good. You are pretty good. You're like Nicodemus. You're a church person. You're better than most. And, and you've really done a lot of good things. So there really isn't anything in your life that needs to be reconciled, you think. There's a problem. The Bible says in Isaiah 64, 6, that all of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Or maybe you've come to church today and your family or friends, and after hearing all you've heard today, you don't ever want to come to this church again because you're a pretty good person. 
You haven't stolen anything, at least nothing you've been caught for. Uh, You haven't killed anyone, well, except in your heart. Uh, You haven't lied, except now when you said you've never lied before. And compared to most pastors and priests, uh, you're a pretty good person. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So whether you're a good religious person or you're a good non-religious person or you're a self-righteous bad person like I used to be, we, all of us, will someday stand before a perfect and holy God and who can't let pedophiles or murderers or liars or thieves or blasphemers, or those who dishonor their parents, or coveters, or anyone who says, I don't need you, God, into heaven. And that is every one of us in this building today. He cannot let sin into heaven. But there's good news. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 14, just as Moses was lifted up, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son so that anyone who believes in him shall not perish but will have eternal life. And in a room full of sinners like us, thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for forgiveness. That even though I was guilty, deserving of hell, he died for me. He died for you. And not because of what I did or someday would do, but because he loved me and he loved you enough to be lifted up on the cross so that we could know him and have eternal life. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what is so good about Good Friday. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon audio. For more resources or to connect with us, visit calvarygravenhurst.com.